Hey everybody, welcome back to the Seeking Refuge podcast. And uh, it's been a little bit since I put something on and published it. Uh, Just been a crazy week, I guess. But uh, I'm thankful to have an opportunity here for a couple minutes to do a Bible study with everybody. And going to change directions maybe for a little bit today. Uh, We've been doing, you know, foundational Christian beliefs or doctrines. Uh, today I'm basically going to share with you the same thing I was able to preach at church uh, this this following week, and uh, I just want to talk a little bit today about following Jesus and the decision to follow Jesus in our lives, some things that come about with that. And uh, but I'm just thankful for the opportunity to to get another podcast out there. I uh, hope you'll tune in and and uh, with an open heart, ready to study the Word and learn. And uh, man, it's good. Amen. And uh, this is the Seeking Refuge podcast. I'm Brother Brian Swinford. Uh, On our podcast, we're coming together to study the Bible and seek refuge uh, in the Word of God. You are seeking refuge from from the world in God's unchanging Word. Amen. And our our focus verse for this podcast is Psalm 91 verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. We can always seek refuge in our God. Amen. What an amazing thing. So today, a little bit different than the way we've been doing our studies. This kind of flows a little bit more like a sermon would. But turn in your Bibles, if you would, Luke chapter 5, and we'll be starting verse 27. So Luke chapter 5. Starting over in verse 27, thanks for tuning back in. I'm very grateful to have people that are faithful and listening every week and and learning the Bible. And and, uh, we're just studying the Bible together and growing together as Christians. And it's just a good thing and I'm thankful for it. So Luke chapter 5, I'll read a few verses here starting in verse 27. And it reads this, And after these things he went forth, talking about Jesus, and saw a publican. So Jesus went forth, and he saw a publican while he was on his way, named Levi. Levi is the same name as Matthew, so we're talking about Matthew, the disciple in the Bible. Sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance." Uh, let's just say a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for um, just getting everyone together over this podcast to to look at the Word of God and learn from it and grow. And um, God, there's so many needs in the world around us. We think about all the crazy stuff that's happening. And uh, we lift those things up to you, Lord. Just ask that you will tend to those needs where there's healings, where there's miracles needed, Lord. We pray that you'll provide um, many people are in need of your uh, provision, whether it's financial or, or whatever it is, Lord. We just ask that you help um, help those people, Lord. And um, God, we just need you for our everyday life. We can't do anything without you. 
We have nothing that doesn't come from you, Lord. You're the provider of every blessing, the sustainer uh, of our lives, and um, the provider of everything that we need, God. So we need you, Lord. We're dependent upon you. And uh, we're taking this moment to study your word. We ask that you help us understand and grow us to be the, the, the followers that you want us to be, Lord. Uh, you're worthy of our praise, of all honor, of all glory, Lord. And we want to magnify you today for the great things you've done for us. First and foremost, Lord, you gave Jesus to save us from our sins. And we thank you. Be with us during this Bible study. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, so here we're in Luke chapter 5. I'll go back through a first thing, uh, a couple things. So we have Jesus, and he just actually uh, done a miracle. He had healed a man um, who had palsy, and he was on his way. He was walking, basically, and, uh, you know, probably being followed by a decent multitude of people at this point in time. And so as he's walking, he finds Levi, who is, is Matthew in the Bible. And uh, he basically approaches him. Matthew is a, a publican is what it says. Alright, so here's, here's some stuff about that. Basically, he was a tax collector for the Romans. And uh, to be a publican is not a very popular position. Alright, so he, was, uh, he had a very unpopular job. He was, he was a pretty unpopular person. Um, pro and probably hated by his own Jewish people. See, Matthew was a Jew. And so he wouldn't have actually been working directly as a Roman um, employee, basically, for the Roman uh, government. He would have been more like a contracted uh, type of person who gets a percentage of the tax revenue that they collect. So he would have been like a contractor type of deal. And um, because, he w because he was a Jew, all right, and so... He has his business, and his business is collecting taxes for the Roman government. I'm sure he was making a pretty good amount of money for that, but he was very despised uh, for working for, for Rome. So um, he's sitting there at the receipt of custom, so he's at work, um, and Jesus approaches him, and all he had to say to him was, follow me. And um, just right then and there, Matthew or Levi, he left everything behind. It says, and he left all rose up and followed him and so the first thing that i was thinking about with this was what did it cost him to follow jesus so what exactly does all mean it says and he left all so what does that mean what did it cost him well we know that first and foremost just just up front he left his job right so he has this booth or it's uh you know he's sitting at the it is basically a, like a receipt booth a, like a toll booth type of deal and um, he probably owned it, and uh, it probably didn't actually belong to Rome. Like I said, he was a contractor. Uh, you think about the position. Now, Rome Rome was a very dangerous uh, group of people to work for, okay? So he would be responsible for all the finances in the booth. He'd be responsible for keeping track of all the money that he had collected. And in addition to that, he would have been responsible for keeping those records of those citizens that were paying the taxes. Um, and he also may have been in a place where he would be collecting taxes on goods that were in transport through that area. So he could have been collecting more of a corporate tax type of deal. And anyway, a great deal of responsibility comes with that. 
uh, you know, in Rome, if you just get up and leave that behind and lose a bunch of Rome's money, they'd probably put you to death for it. So right up front, we have the loss of job and also putting himself in the harm's way in order to follow Jesus. And, and sometimes it's the same way for us. So, so he left the job. He left his finances behind. I mean, uh, his income, he, he, you know, he would have made money off that. He was willing to sacrifice the money he was making to follow Jesus. Um, we, we find out here after he followed Jesus that he had a great feast at his own house. Um, but also if you think about it, the cost of following Jesus, you know, he, he was, he would have had to have been willing to leave home and to leave his home behind. So sometimes we have to, to leave behind our comforts and the familiarity of things and where we feel the most stable and safe, which would be home, obviously, uh, in a lot of cases, and he would have to be willing to leave that behind in order to follow Jesus. Uh, you think about it, he would have to be willing to leave family behind. Sometimes you can't take family with you. Uh, you know, missionaries would certainly feel the relationship with that experience of leaving behind job, money, home, family. Uh, sometimes family doesn't want to enter into the blessing of the spiritual life with you. You can get saved and decide to follow Jesus, but your family doesn't necessarily uh, get excited about that, and they don't want that for themselves. That's usually hard for us to deal with when we're, you know, experiencing the blessing of following the Lord in our life, and, and but our family doesn't want to share that with us. It can kind of, it can kind of hurt. Um, he had to have been willing to leave friends behind. Uh, like I said before, he had an unpopular job, so you know, popularity was probably not much of an issue for, for Matthew at that point in time. Um, but he had to have the willingness of leaving those friends that he did have behind in order to follow the Lord. Now, here's some other things to think about with that. In our lives, when we make a decision to be Christians, we, we sometimes, we do have to come, we do have to make new friends afterwards because, you know, not everybody makes that decision for their for themselves, and they don't share in that joy with us, and um, and so sometimes, you know, the people that were once our friends becomes our biggest critics, sometimes our biggest enemies because we've made the decision to be Christians, and uh, you know, they sometimes they turn against us because of that, or they want to keep us doing the old things that we were doing before we were saved, and. And that's not what God wants. God wants us to leave the old behind, to leave all behind and follow Him. And so that's the pattern that we see. We, it says here, verse uh, 28 again, it says, And He left all, rose up, and followed Him. So that pattern is intentional. First He had to leave, and then He had to follow. You have to leave the old behind in order to follow the new. You have to leave behind the old life in order to follow Jesus. Amen. Um, and here's the thing, think about the results of what Matthew did. As a result of him leaving all behind and following the Lord, he was able to become the writer of the first gospel of the New, of the, of the New Testament, the gospel of Matthew. And, you know, it just kind of makes you wonder, like, who would have thought that little despised tax-collecting Matthew would have had such great influence on our faith? And it just shows you that no matter who you are or what you do for a living, when you leave everything behind to follow Jesus, you really never know what God might do with you in your life to reach others. Uh, if you think about this, write these verses down. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 
in verses 18 through 27, we learn the fact of that God oftentimes chooses the foolishness things, the foolish things, as the Bible calls it, to the world in order to confound the wise. In other words, he'll take the things that seem silly, he'll take the things that seem insignificant, he'll take the things that seem, uh, you know, basically non-impactful on, on, on our surroundings, and he'll use them to confound the wise. In other words, he'll use them to do the greatest works he'll use them to do the greatest things and um i mean it even says that to them that per the preaching of the cross you know to them that perish is foolishness in other words those that are perishing and not wanting to be right with god not wanting to repent uh not feeling bad about their condition wanting to just continue on in their ways until the end you know to them the preaching of the gospel is foolishness but unto those that are saved, to us who have heard the gospel, have believed and have repented and asked Christ for salvation, to us it's the power of God. In other words, we understand something that they don't. Um, and so, you know, here we're looking at the fact that Matthew left all behind. But to the those that are watching Matthew, and we're about to get into this a little bit, um, you know, it seemed like what what foolishness, what this guy is, what, what is he doing He's being silly. First, he wants to work for Rome, which is despised, and now he wants to follow Jesus, which was even more despised. He was more accepted doing an unpopular job like tax collecting than he was being a follower of Jesus Christ. So that just tells you uh, the world will accept you in a lot of positions that once you go, uh, once you go to Jesus and you become a sold-out um, Christ-following disciple of the Lord, a follower of Christ, they no longer accept you, you know, and uh, that's just the way it is. So you just think about, you know, what what is it in your life? What is it in my life? You know, is there anything we're refusing to leave behind for God? You think about Paul when he wrote in Philippians chapter 3. You look over in verses 7 through 10. I'm not citing them directly. I'm kind of paraphrasing them. But, you know, he basically said that I count all things loss or but dung. Um for the excellency of the knowledge of knowing my Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, nothing this world has to give me is worth um, more than the opportunity to know Christ as my Savior. And, and those things that are gained to me, I count but a loss for Christ. In other words, worldly possessions, worldly position, jobs, status, money, all these things actually hinder us and hold us back and can get in God's way, and so those things we should count as loss, be willing to put them behind us, and to leave them behind for the opportunity to serve God is an amazing thing. The Bible says this as well, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. That's in Luke 9.62. When God calls you out of your old life to give you a new life, you can't do it successfully if you're always looking back, missing, and wanting to hold on to the things that you're being asked to leave behind. That could be old habits, that could be old places, that could be old friends, even family that's not right for, that's not healthy. They don't, you know, some, some, some of us have family members that would honestly tempt them into sin and all kinds of stuff. You have to leave it behind in order to follow Jesus. So the first part about following the Lord
is this. It's unpopular. Sometimes you have to leave the things that you want to hold on to behind in order to do it. Um, but as a result, uh, God can do incredible things in your life and through you to reach others. And um, sometimes God chooses those things that the world doesn't understand and consider silly in order to do the greatest, most magnificent works on earth. Amen. So that's that's the first part of what I got out of Luke chapter 5, 27 through 32. The second part is sharing the Lord with others. So we have Matthew following the Lord. Um, remember verse 28, and he left all, rose up and followed him. But then what did he do? Levi made him, he made Jesus, a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. So... I was thinking about this, you know, what is the purpose of the feast? What was Matthew really trying to do? So, this is this is what happens when when we become Christians and uh I think it's I think I think this is a, an important illustration. The first purpose of the of the feast, so I found 3 specifically. The first purpose um was to honor the Lord. So, what did he do? He made a feast, but who did he make it for? He made it for Jesus. So making a feast for somebody is, is by nature, it is to honor them. It is to magnify him. So he wanted to honor the Lord for his new relationship with Jesus. And so that's what we need to do in our Christian lives. The first thing we need to do as Christians, we need to dedicate our what we have in our life in order to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think about the fact that Jesus is worthy of that honor. I want to direct your attention real quick to Hebrews for a second. I think about Hebrews chapter 2. It says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9, But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. The fact that Jesus is Savior is the very reason why he should be crowned with honor. We need to honor the Lord in our lives. We need to want to learn to obey Him, but we need to honor Him. The first thing that needs to happen for us to share the Lord with others is we need to be living to honor the Lord first. If we're not honoring the Lord in our lifestyles, we can't possibly share the Lord with other people because it's inconsistent, conflicting statements. You're sending mixed signals. It's hard for people to take you seriously because they're like, well, you're talking about honor the Lord, or you're talking about I need Jesus, but you're living the same way I'm living, so why do I need Him that bad, Right? But if you're living to honor the Lord, your witness speaks for itself. Your testimony that you carry for Christ helps people authenticate what you're telling them as legitimate. And so now you're offering something that they don't have, but inside that they want, inside their heart they want. Um, but it starts with your witness. So first and foremost, honor the Lord with your life. The second part of the feast was, the second purpose of Matthew's feast was to publicly profess his faith in the Lord. Um, Matthew wanted to make a public profession that he and Jesus now have a relationship with, with each other. He's making a public profession of his faith. Uh, write this verse down. It's in Hebrews 10, 23. And uh, I'm not turning there right this second, but you know it's, it's saying um, to, to stand and to be steadfast in the profession of our faith. A profession of faith is a public 
profession is what that is. It's a it's a statement out loud. It's saying, I belong to Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. You have to make a public profession of faith in order to share Jesus with others. You have to honor the Lord in order to make a proper public profession of faith in the Lord. And then the third thing is, this feast, who came? A great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. The purpose of the feast was to invite others to Jesus. Just as the commission tells us in Matthew 28, 18-20 that we are to go out and tell the gospel and share it to all nations and to go out uh, teaching them uh, everything that Jesus has commanded us and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But, you know, we want people to get saved and then we want people to get baptized and then we want people to get... You're not, you're not saved by your baptism, but, but your baptism is that public profession of faith in the Lord, the identification of your new life with Christ. But then we go out and we invite others to Jesus. We invite others. And that's what Matthew did. So now here's the thing. So we've got following the Lord. What it may cost you. What you may go through in order to do that. You have sharing the Lord. Three things that are important to doing so effectively. Uh, and then you have this in Matthew chapter 5 verses 27 through 32. Then you find the response of the world. Look at verse 30. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples. And it just seems like that's how it always works. When God's doing something in your life, when God's doing something in your church, and God's doing something in your community, God's doing something in your family, you know what ends up happening? There's always somebody that starts murmuring. And um, they start complaining. And they always want to find something to nitpick and complain about. And generally, they're fault-finding, and oftentimes, they're the ones that are out trying to bring those things to the surface so they can point their finger at them. That's called being a self-righteous hypocrite. But, but anyhow, they're murmuring against who? His disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Now, I thought this was interesting. So, so here we have the enemy attempting to hinder God's work. Now, watch this. Here's the self-righteous crowd. And they're judging everyone at the feast. You see that? They're saying, why are you sitting with publicans and sinners? Do you know how they, you see how they've removed themselves from the category of sinners? It's as if they're there saying, look at me. I'm better than everybody else. I'm not a sinner like these people are. You see what I mean? And they think they're right with God and nobody else is. Okay, that's self-righteousness. And uh, it, the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, that none are righteous, no, not one, not one doeth good, none seeketh after God. We're all in desperate need of salvation, in desperate need of Jesus Christ. And uh, none of us are right with God just because we do a couple good things or, or, or anything else. So here's a self-righteous crowd. They're, they're at the feast. They showed up. Why were they even there? Um, well, they showed up for the wrong reasons is why they're there. And you get that in church today. You've got people that are there because they truly... Uh, love the Lord, but you got people that are there for the wrong reasons as well, because they want the notoriety, they want to be seen, they want to be known, they want people to, to celebrate them and the great work that they do for God and all this stuff. That's wood, hay, and stubble. That stuff's going to get burnt up in the believer's judgment. I'll tell you that right now. Um, God's not impressed, all right? It's a privilege for God to use us to do anything at all, but if anything at all is going to be done through us, it's going to have to be done by God and not by ourselves. 
Um, so, but they're there for the wrong reasons. And, uh, and I want to point this out to you too. They're so busy fault finding everyone else that they didn't even notice the most important thing. And that's this. They're talking to the, the talking to the disciples, but who was it that answered in verse 31? And Jesus answering said unto them, these pup, these Pharisees and scribes, they're judging everyone else and they're fault finding and they're going through the crowd and they're pointing their finger at the sinners and at the publicans and they're attacking the disciples for sitting with them that they didn't even notice the fact that Jesus was in the midst of the feast to begin with. In other words, they didn't even understand what the feast was all about. And that's what happens. If we go into church or we go to a meeting or whatever it is and we're so busy pointing out everyone else's fault, we don't even see Jesus in the midst of what's happening. We don't even see Jesus... Uh, working in the lives of others, amen, uh, because we're so focused on other things it, that we, we miss the fact that Jesus is at work in the whole process, and so this is an amazing thing though, in verse 31 and 32, Jesus answering said unto them that they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, and praise God for that, you know, I think it's important, um, it, you know, to to think about this, it's funny, isn't it, how people in need of mercy from God are so often judgmental towards the mercy that God gives to others. You notice that? And so, you know, here's the thing. The world's attacking in this part. This is the world. It's attacking the disciples. Why are you fellowshipping with them? The world attacks Jesus' followers. Do you understand? They're going to attack us. Jesus said, if the world hateth you, it hated him first. But here's the thing. Do you notice how the disciples didn't answer? Jesus answered for them. Jesus came to their defense. Jesus is your defender. Jesus is my defender. That's why our key verse that he is our fortress. He is our God. He is our refuge. In him will I trust. The word of God came is the defense. The word of God is the defender. We don't have to defend ourselves. The Bible defends us. If what I'm saying, what I'm preaching, what I'm teaching, how I'm living, if it lines up with this Bible, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because this is my defense. This is my this Bible is my hedge of protection. This is what has the power. This is the foolishness to the world, but it's the power of God unto those that believe. This is where it's at. This Bible has more power in it than all the militaries and all the arsenals and everything else on this planet. This Bible is where the power is. And God will come to your defense just like God's come to my defense. The Bible is your defender just like the Bible is my defender. And, 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 that's, and that's Jesus. He defended them. But then he says this statement, and this is so amazing. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. What Jesus is saying is, if, if you don't think you're a sinner, He can't do anything in your life. If you, it, He can't save you if you don't understand your need for salvation. He can't heal you if you don't accept your need for that spiritual healing. And He is talking about spiritual healing in this sense. Christ can heal anything. Uh, I'm not a healer. I don't know any men that are healers. But God is a healer. And you can pray to Him. And if it's his will, he can heal physical uh, infirmities. But here he's establishing that sin and sickness is, is, is connected. 
Um, and so he's basically saying those that are whole need not a physician. In other words, you don't have anything wrong with you. You don't go to a doctor. Well, if you don't think you're a sinner, you don't come to me for salvation. But those that ex accept the fact that they've sinned against God, those that accept the fact that their sin has made them sick, that they are not the person that God is intending them to be, they're coming short. We all come short of the glory of God. Those that establish that and understand that go to Christ because they want His healing. They want His salvation. They want His forgiveness. He came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. If you think you're right with God, I can tell you that you're wrong. Uh, you're not right with God without Christ. But He can't do anything for you until you establish that. So what did Jesus say? He says, It came to heal the sick. He came to call sinners to repentance. Jesus came to save the lost. Jesus wants to be a guest of a sinner today. So I'm going to ask you this on the podcast this morning, Seeking Refuge podcast. Have you invited Jesus into your life? Have you made the feast for Jesus? Have you left all behind to follow the Lord? Um, are you wanting to, to share the Lord with others, publicly profess Him, honor Him in your life, and invite others to know Him? Um, are you dealing with the criticism of the world, maybe for the first time in your Christian life, and you're needing strength, guidance, and direction from the Bible on how to deal with that? God is your defense. Just live for the Lord. Invite others to know Him. Publicly profess Him. It's just something we do. And uh, I hope that everybody that listens in knows Christ as their Savior. But if you don't, you can take an opportunity today to just simply pray, Jesus, I know that I'm lost. I know that I've sinned. And I know that I need your forgiveness. I just ask, Jesus, that you'll save me. Forgive me for my sins, Lord. Um, I'm inviting you into my life, Lord. I, I want to leave my old life behind and follow you, Lord. And if you'll pray that, and you mean it from your heart, and you're convicted of your need for Christ, um, that's that's how a relationship with Jesus begins. That is salvation. And then you need a good church, and you need a good pastor. They need to be preaching and teaching the Bible. And you can talk about things like baptism, and discipleship, and growing, and learning. And you make a good step here on the podcast. Um, I just encourage everyone to just live out for the Lord. We're in the last days, folks. Things are getting crazy. We need to get serious about following Jesus. I hope the podcast has been a blessing to you today. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you got some strength from it. I'm still I'm still praying and studying about uh, finishing up the last few on fundamental Christian beliefs. But I just felt like taking a time out to do this one today and share it with you. And uh, in hopes of encouraging you to, to step forward, step out on faith, and follow the Lord. Um, with that, I'll just say a quick prayer. We'll close out, and I'll see you next time on the Seeking Refuge podcast. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the message today, and I pray that those that have listened will answer the call, Lord, to follow you, and I pray that um, somebody will hear and want to get saved, and I pray that somebody will want to just learn to step out and, and, and live for you. And uh, Lord, we need you, God, and we can't do anything without you. I just pray for all the listeners and uh, that you'll bless each one, that you'll help them, take care of their needs, provide for them, guide them, give them wisdom, Lord. We need you each and every day. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.